Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Cult Popshow podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post-credit scenes at the end of each episode, or even contribute to the discussion in the episode itself, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash Hello and welcome along to our 95th annual Academy Awards debrief. Okay, yeah, but it's not, this isn't the 95th year in a row we have done this. <laughs> this is us talking about the 95th year in a row. I thought that's where you were going. I was like, welcome to our 95th episode on the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the joke. I, I intentionally left uh, that participle dangling and uh yeah no so. one leaves a participle dangling like richard participle dangler martin <laughs> that's what they called you down at the office yeah so uh the oscars have just wrapped up and mm. like uh like i'm sure a few other movie podcasts out there are doing we are going mm. to be giving you our thoughts on the academy wonderful <laughs> and yes there is an elephant um wasn't there a film about elephant? yeah there's the a elephant whale whisperer. there's an elephant whisperer in the room or a whale in the room that our, our usual uh sometimes host aaron mm. who has joined us for most of our if not all of our the, li- the last 94 the, <laughs> he uh is, is get this too busy because of a play he's in mm. our, to, our- to join actor us this slash week. friend is too busy acting slash to be our friend. <laughs> yeah, to, to be our friend. Nice. Yeah, so this is a very uh, loose sort of format. Just chat about the three-hour, thirty-five-minute ceremony we've just watched. Can we beat AJ's it? chugging a coke, no sugar, and uh, I've got most of a bottle of water, a bottle of pump, mm-hmm. pump. The best thing about watching the Oscars in New Zealand on um, the TVNZ app, which mm. streams broadcast television, something I do not watch a lot of anymore mm. these days, uh, is the three ads they'll repeat every single ad break. And so, like, I'm all caught up on, like, Eva Longoria's uh, makeup. L'Oreal. I'm all caught up on the um, the, the thing that Street. Charlie... Sw- yeah, short list of the thing that Charlie Swan from Twilight yeah, fire is Fire Rescue or something, Fire Country. And that, that, um, that reality dating show where it's like that guy was like, I think you're very attractive. And she's like, thanks. And he's like, I think you're very attractive. And it's like, <laughs> I saw that well, a dozen times. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, what else did we, did we right? see? Yeah, something just, uh, a big gust of wind came in and and blew some paper up well that speaking of richard unfortunately that might be the most dramatic thing we'll discuss on this episode because Mm. what a behaved sensible ceremony it Mm. was this year ethically i'm like good but as a content creator i'm like god we talked about the slap for like 45 minutes last Mm. year like i don't know what we're gonna talk about well i mean bloody jimmy kimmel wouldn't shut up about the slap either (laughs) he he had some swings and some of them i laughed at some of them i thought was great i thought it was funny when he talked about how they put all the awards they took out back in and that this was what the film community wanted but at odds with what the tv community Mm. wanted i thought that was an astute observation yeah his joke about like hey guys just so you know if you get up here and commit a violent act you will be given best actor (laughs) it's interesting isn't it like you wonder i wonder who gets mad 
right? Mm. Because Will the Smith the academy sitting at home, yeah, yeah, his his, yeah. his hand, you know, just a <laughs> fucking flaccid hand, uh, ready and had nothing to do it with to do mm. with it. I want. I wonder, like, because it's one of these things where it's like jimmy kimmel made and he's not the worst you know ricky gervais probably has the the crown for this but jimmy kimmel made a couple of jokes that were like legitimate digs at the academy's character you know Mm. like talking about how they don't um nominate female directors like stuff that feels like i guess things the academy wouldn't want to be made fun of for Mm. but but it also it must they must just be like say whatever you want as long as people tune in Mm. like be as brutal as you want to us but it creates this weird thing and every single person watching in the world can feel it it creates this weird thing where it's like well if you're aware of these problems and yet you still allow them to happen it kind of it's it's like it stops being funny when it's like yeah but he's right yeah but i guess the alternative being the academy saying hey please don't make jokes about this which i Mm. think is a lot and and maybe not someone like jimmy kimmel who's in abc's pocket very much already Mm -hmm. but you would get hosts that go like they they come out afterwards and be like the academy said i wasn't allowed to make will smith jokes and that's such a massive blow to them that it's like it's everything like this it's like it is so much better to pretend you're in on the joke yeah, even though they're, they're probably can you, the, the the icy silences backstage when ever a, a a joke joke like that was made, and they're just like, "All right, camera two, <laughs> to pretend it's all good." Yeah, but the so people shit on Jimmy Kimmel. Let, let, like talking about, let's start at the start of the ceremony. I didn't actually really watch any of the red carpet. I caught the end of it. I thought Hugh Grant's interview was very funny, where he just was not giving that woman anything and but yeah the interesting change that it was a champagne colored carpet this year which looks very similar to beige but apparently Mm. the reason for the change was that the the show starts in the afternoon and finishes in the evening so the red carpet is takes place during the day and that a red carpet is too formal it's too um it's too nighttimey and so this was the sort of thing to transition so so the show transitions you into nighttime rather than just having this very formal thing happen in the middle of the day and yeah i mean i I, like it's one of those things it's like i don't really care what color the carpet is it's an it's an interesting choice but apparently this is something that they're like the heads of the academy have thought was an issue for years but i mean it's been a red carpet since 1961 which was the first time they ever televised the academy awards but the or general public didn't know, I guess, that it was read until 1966, which was the first time they broadcast it in color. Right. Well, because the Independent Spirit Awards have a blue carpet. And so mm. I wonder if there's some kind, you know, how there's like gray, white, brown and blue wizards in Lord of the Rings. I wonder if there are mystical qualities to different colors of carpet and i wonder what attributes we can glean from them you know like i wonder what what magical powers they imbue those um those crossing it with Mm. well i mean for for some of them the champagne carpet ended up being quite fortuitous didn't it because they got drunk well no because they they won oscars (laughs) well that's that's a gimme for that that's a gimme for just having the oscars i Mm. guess it's always going to apply yeah but so opening up with a night i'm gonna start telling people that anything anytime i'm wearing beige that it's champagne colored mm. like no no this is my champagne sweater mm. <laughs> so yeah the beginning of the night opens with a jimmy kimmel monologue and people people watch this and they go oh such a hack this piece of shit and it's like i think i think that jimmy jimmy kimmel for better or worse is like the platonic ideal of an oscars host oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. And, and it's like ah uh, i mean he, he's willing to make a few jabs but he's still going to keep abc very happy and yeah i mean it, like cause bob hope hosted the oscars like a record number of times and like bob hope sucks bob bob hope it was the same kind of thing that it's like i think he's looked back on as being you know one of the one of the greats of comedy but you talk to like I listened to a podcast with like Conan O'Brien and and some other people from comedy, and they were just like, "Bob Hope's the fucking worst." <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. 
I didn't know anything about Bob Hope. This is the first information piece of information mm. I've learned. He about played Bob for Hope. the troops a lot as well, which is, is that a team. <laughs> no, he would like go perform for the military uh, oh, when they okay. were deployed overseas, <laughs> which is what his appearance in The Simpsons. Yeah, I bet all wasn't quiet on the Western Front that that night when he went to mm. to perform for the troops very nice thank you very much yes i should uh, be hosting the oscars with the yeah. zingers like this yeah so well yeah well, how, how should we format i mean i guess we should talk about the fact that so we haven't said what won yet but everything well, do we go through the awards do we do we care enough to talk about best short documentary that neither of us have seen or is it more just we go through the big ones and and discuss if we thought it went to the right person or mm. anything like that yeah do you have any other uh comments on the telecast i guess before we get into the awards no there was just nothing really about it that that was that controversial this mm. year which sounds like i'm a glutton for it and i'm i'm really not um what i what maybe is worth is talking about is our previous oscars episode this year which was a pre-scooby-doo episode mm. the last pre-scooby-doo episode <laughs> was us doing oscars maths to try and figure out who would was most likely to win based on trends from previous years and we placed banshees of inner sharon in front of um everything everywhere all mm. at once and up until about a week ago richard i was quite confident that mm. we'd made the right prediction i was like i think banshees is the like everything everywhere all once has the more passionate fans but banshees is the more sensible film yeah um i was very sure it was going to win up until the envelope was opened and harrison ford said everything everywhere all at once there was still a bit in my mind that thought it could go to banshees and mm. i think there was a few of the like brutally honest uh, anonymous Oscar ballots released. Ah, uh, yes, people, people when they're not going to get in trouble talking about how racist they are. Yeah, and so it is interesting, and 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 all, every single one of those I read had banshees in the top four, and there was a couple that had everything everywhere last, and I was like, ah, maybe with the ranked choice voting, which mm. once again, if you don't know, is that you rank from one to ten your well your uh how you feel about the best picture nominees they only look at what you ranked number one and then if you have to have 50 percent of the number one votes to win if you don't what they do then is they take the film that received the least number of number one votes they eliminate that from everyone's ballot so everyone who put that first now has their second place one looked at then they uh, add all those to the ballot and then they just keep doing that until one film passes that threshold and Banshees of Inner Sharon seems like it would be the favorite in considering in, that voting considering model. that voting thing but then I was like but then I was like maybe there is actually going to be enough people that put everything everywhere first to even just get it across I mean we'll, we'll never know they don't announce any of this but mm. that it's like yeah maybe well, we kind of actually... do know isn't that literally what happened since it won it won best picture by the way <laughs> oh no I mean that, that, that it's like I'm not saying it won uh, yeah but we'll never know if, how many rounds of voting and eliminating they had right, to go through right. but I, I, like, I'm like yeah maybe there actually was just enough in the academy that even just on that first round it got through like it didn't have to rely on being people's two mm. or three or four pick yeah because it is weird that like I can't if if everything everywhere isn't your first one, I can't imagine it being your second or third. It's like no, if right. you, if you don't like it enough to put it number one, it's probably down the bottom for you. That being said, I think I think I would probably maybe let me just check my ranking. But I think currently, if you were to look at my um rank like my 2022 ranking i think it might actually be my third <laughs> just to be exactly the the analogy you said was unlikely if you were so, actually um doing an oscar ballot would you vote like that um maybe so i've got banshees and all quiet on the western front in front of everything everywhere all at once mm. but i want I, it's one of these things where it's like politically I'd rather everything everywhere all at once wins mm. because I want to shake up what people expect of the slate of and that was film. sort of what I what I thought yeah would be your answer is that if they actually said to you AJ what should win not what do you deserve what do you think deserves to win not what is your favorite thing but what should win the 95th Academy mm. Award for best picture yeah 
I feel like the answer is everything you ever all at once because it's this win. Not only is it a great film, but it's this win for creativity. It's a win for representation, for diversity. Yeah, exactly. And that it's like similar with when Shape of Water won. That wasn't my favorite film of that year by any stretch of the imagination. Mm. But I mean, I, I probably still would have preferred Three Billboards to win, but I was happy for Shape of Water to win because it's like, yes, let's have a quote unquote fantasy or sci-fi movie win hmm. best picture because it says it's just something new and fun for the for the Academy. and maybe maybe the shape of water winning is responsible for something like everything everywhere all at once being part of the conversation initially yeah. like because you know th- yeah, this I mean, is this... what we're talking about when we say like we want weird films to win because the the term Oscar bait and the idea of an Oscar-y film is born out of the same stuff being produced. Not a, not the, you know, maybe one of the most guilty of being Oscar baity films this year too. It wasn't Best Picture nominated, but to Leslie, this Andrea mm. Riseborough uh, film I watched because mm-hmm. everyone, Edward Norton was like, this is the best performance I've ever mm. seen. And so I watched the film and what a, by the numbers, perfectly fine movie with a pretty good performance at the center of it well from for just from the 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 best actress clip they played which is all i've seen of the film it's yeah. like it looks like a tropic thunder yeah, <laughs> yeah. movie well it's just like that very like oh she is yelling and she is crying <laughs> it's it's a a woman who's hit rock bottom she's an alcoholic and she just wants to get back on her feet and i just feel like i've seen that enough by this point especially in terms of like acting nominations Mm. like mm. yeah but then you look at michelle yo who won for everything everywhere all at once it's like Mm. what an incredible role for for like when a, a asian woman you know or asian people like been shut out by hollywood for years middle-aged women you know mm. historically received pretty bad roles in hollywood yeah. but it's like yeah you get that she gets this role where she gets to win an oscar for doing fucking martial arts and just like mm. having yeah. so much fun same with jamie lee curtis who also won uh, an yeah, oscar yeah. this for best supporting actress which is a role that you know wasn't particularly demanding i didn't <laughs> didn't seem mm. but she that, that, that felt more like a legacy win but i'm still very yeah, happy yeah. for jamie i like uh anyone who listened to our roundup of the 2022 films um at end of last year will know that that uh, i have quite a complicated relationship with everything everywhere all at once i don't i don't really know how i feel about it it feels like a lot of stuff i like but it completely passes through me mm. whenever i watch it um but that being said i've i was editing um I was, like seeing it sweep all the awards and being like, oh, that's interesting. And I was editing a, a montage for Letterboxd for like the best picture um, nominees. And I found this clip from the movie where Michelle Yeoh and Kiwi Kwan are like sort of laughing together, covered in blood and in the chaos of it all. Mm. And it was just, like just this isolated clip made me feel so much. Um, and I was just like, God they really are great in it and then to well, today when they played the clip of jamie lee curtis like her her oscar clip was her just pointing at receipts and being like these tell me a story and the story they tell me is not a very good one and it's like what a great delivery but like mm. for some reason seeing bits of everything yeah. everywhere all at once in isolation are starting to have more of an effect on me <laughs> than watching the film in in its entirety and because i i i was surprised that jamie lee curtis was nominated i thought she was mm. like kind of like incidental to the film and i thought stephanie Shu was probably the the more obvious mm. best supporting actress um nom for it but like i heard someone it was probably it was probably jamie lee curtis talking about when she got called up for it <laughs> and she said they want they want you to play michelle yo's nemesis and kind of thinking about it in these big greek kind of you know playing field mm. terms i kind of see a lot more into the importance of the character and I, maybe i need richard maybe i need to give everything everyone <laughs> wants a third chance yeah. because after tonight i'm i'm certainly open to it yeah i i'm i'm been i've been very keen to watch it a a second time because mm. yeah i mean i loved it when i first saw it but mm. yeah it, it was almost exactly a year ago that i first saw the film the film premiered 
a year ago yesterday, I South believe. South by Southwest, yeah. yeah. And yeah, but what a fucking crazy year it's been for the Daniels. That like, you know, th- this is the kind of movie you see early on in the year and you think, oh, that'll be the best film all year, but you just expect it to get no Oscar love. Mm. Like, I mean, something like this. And instead, that was After Sun. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, um, well, I mean, I would say After Sun's a more traditionally Oscar-y film. That's true. That's true. But it's it's still not, it's not, it's not, it's more traditional than everything everyone wants, but I still wouldn't call it entirely traditional. Yeah, but it's, I mean, like, Nope was that film for this year where you watch Mm. it and you go, one of the best films of the year, but not a single nomination in any category, which is crazy. ridiculous especially when it's not like they just don't like jordan peele like well no richard to once again bring up um the conversation about how backwards and and racist the oscars are that we do we do this every year yeah uh look at the three films ignore i know you have feelings about us the movie not you and me Mm. um but ignore that for a second and look at like out of jordan peele's three films what is it about get out that's different from us it's got white people in it well, no, yeah, but <laughs> it 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 deals directly with race, race yeah. whereas us and no, no, we're all good. Nope, <laughs> certainly doesn't. Like, nope's not. Well, I guess it is, but not in the same like, like white people it's don't not understand like, that it's about race. <laughs> like, it's it's not as confronting. It's not mm. as like accusatory. And the Oscars want to nominate films like that so they look, I guess, woke. But it's mm-hmm. like you should be nominating. It, like nope should have got nom- nope should have been nominated for best picture like mm. i think it's insane that it, that it wasn't given any yeah i mean best all, sound but. and it's like there's a bunch of stuff but it's like once you have the club of the nominees it's like well of best picture nominees it's like what well, mm. makes sense that they're gonna fill out the technical awards because you're saying they are the best yeah. but yeah it is funny that the only only three films won multiple awards tonight and that was everything wow. everywhere all at once won seven awards all Quiet on the Western Front won four awards and the Whale won two awards. It's so interesting. Yeah. Like, as as not, like, when everything everywhere all at once, when it won Best Picture, but even when Michelle Yeoh got Best Actress, as soon as they won, like, something clicked in my brain that was like, well, of course. Like, leave, leave stats and predictions mm. aside, but, like, looking at the journey of everything everywhere all at once, which I wish had a shorter title, mm. so it didn't take as long to say. I always just say um, everything everywhere right well there you go let's say that from now adopt that as <laughs> okay all right so with everything everywhere all at once with that winning all no! <laughs> when that when that one best that, picture all right well i just delete the episode <laughs> uh, like as soon as that one i was like it was always gonna be this like look at the story that's been told with it going through you know and and just sweeping the conversation of film in the past year like yeah. of course it was going to win it's it seems obvious in, in hindsight but at the same time if you told me that tar that uh banshees of inner sharon the, the that triangle of sadness the fablemans aren't gonna pick up dick then mm. that's that's crazy well, the, the, that's yeah, the, crazy the crazy thing yeah that so there was like the five films that we were like well it's going to be one of these because they were in the yeah. running for best director screenplay yeah. original screenplay and editing and it's yeah. like well it has to be one of these five films winning the four other nominees didn't win a single award yeah yeah and the these ones that won multiple awards um plus woman talking are the mm. three films that everyone had kind of written off you didn't even see uh, all or quite. quite on the yeah, I, I wouldn't the, say it was. It, it had been written off. Of the night. But yeah, because it, it, it did really well at the Baftas and shit. But yeah, I'm so annoyed I didn't watch that. I wish I'd seen it when it was in the cinema here because the idea of sitting down and watching like a two hour forty minute whatever war film on Netflix in a foreign language, I'm like, when am I going to have the time and motivation to do that? If not for an Oscars cheat sheet episode, which we didn't do. <laughs> Can I saw it? I saw All Quiet on the Western Front, and I thought it was great. And before the before the Oscars, my flatmate was like, "Are you excited? What are you hoping wins?" And I said, "I'm not really that exciting. I'm kind of hoping I'm not All Quiet exciting. on the Western Front." Yeah, well, that's true as well. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping that uh, All Quiet wins cinematography and score, but that's about as much as I've invested in. And then it won both, and I was so happy. I thought it was so great <laughs> that it won those. I think it, there's such like 
um, the the score, which is very familiar to me, because it sounds like the score for "You're the Killer," the <laughs> film I made last year, which was in turn inspired by the score for Annihilation, which a lot of people are drawing comparisons to. That played so many times, and it's so funny that it won best score because. Burr, burr, burr. And because like it's just three notes and that one best score, you know, like it's it is essentially three notes played over and over again, and that. Well, beat, I mean, all like, music nine... is just the same twelve notes played over. <laughs> I and over guess again. so, but it's funny that it beat beats like ninety something year old John Williams's like probably final score he'll ever do. Well, final <laughs> collaboration like... with Spielberg, at least, yeah. Mm, mm. Um, so yeah, no, I was happy with with all all quite winning as much as it did, and I think that was certainly the um, in a lot of ways that felt like the underdog of the the ceremony because, um, I feel like that's maybe the one that a lot of people skipped, such as yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I th- I think that it was a not necessarily an underdog going into the ceremony, but an underdog going into awards season. I think it picked up a lot of mm. steam during awards season with like its BAFTA right. wins and it's, um, I think it got mm. some love at the Golden Globes as well. And so there was talk of, oh, is this going to be an upset? for and yeah, and the only time win. I was fearful for everything everywhere winning for the past week and a half mm. was the middle of the ceremony today. Yeah, it is up, funny. Like, that, yeah, I, it would be like, oh, what's going to win? I'd be like, everything, everyone all at once is going to win. Mm. Like, if it's not that, it'll be Banshees of Sharon. And then going into it, being like, oh my god, is is all quiet on the yeah. Western Front going to win? It is really funny because it's like, yeah, you have this thing where you know you have like above the line and below the line awards, and mm. the way they split up the ceremony because like from the start they did the two supporting uh, performances and both went to everything everywhere all at once and it was like fuck yeah okay and then there was like a massive gap Mm. um, of just like below the line awards and you know the technical awards which all quiet pretty much swept and yeah sound which went to top gun yeah but it's yeah it performed very well and it's like but then once it started doing the the big awards again they all went to everything everywhere and it's like oh okay yeah no we it is safe yeah, yeah. we're safe we're safe <laughs> yeah yeah so should we go through the let's just go through all the awards and discuss if we thought it deserved its win mm. or not all right you so know? this is i'm going to go uh, bottom to top on wikipedia but this isn't the order they were in in the ceremony sure so just for yeah. anyone listening so best visual effects went to avatar way of water mm-hmm. do you have any issues with that do you have any qualms no i think it would be just fuck everything if avatar this a film that took 15 years to make if that mm. didn't win for visual effects when it's it's like out of all the awards this is probably the one that has the most clout in terms of like this is legitimately going to push forward the industry yeah yeah like more more so than best picture going to a weird film avatar is going to open the door for a lot more things to push the envelope when it comes to uh interesting visual effects and like visual effects holding up an entire three-hour film yeah and also that yeah apparently there's only uh, there's only two shots in the entire film that aren't don't have any visual effects Hmm. or that aren't like almost entirely visual effects wow so film editing went to everything everywhere all at once this was one that came later on in the in the picture but yeah it was this uh was up against banshees elvis tar and top gun and yeah i voted i wanted elvis to win by the time by the time everything everywhere was sweeping i was like fuck it give them everything but pre pre pre-ceremony i wanted elvis to win editing Mm. i think yeah you haven't really had a chance to talk about elvis on the podcast no. yet. no i to? really liked it i thought it was great i thought um i also very proudly and defiantly thought tom hanks was really good in it um, <laughs> and i actually think he should have been well maybe not in terms of the five spots for best supporting actor but i i think he gave a a performance that was just as worthy of a nomination of best supporting actor as anyone else um i i don't know i, I just watched that movie and whenever tom hanks was on screen i was like i get it I, I see it. I see you. I see, you, I see Mr. what Hanks. you're doing. And I think he just played a really compelling character and it was a really compelling story and a re- like just fantastic editing in a way that is like 
never been seen before like an entire movie that just feels like it's a montage a montage and that spares it from pacing issues and that spares mm. it from being boring or or like you know losing your attention of everything and it, and it gives it room to be uh as weird as it wants to be at times and it is a weird film yeah you know? it was like over two hours into the film before i was like checked my watch to see how long it had left because it is mm. just so relentless with its pace for that long mm. that it's like you don't have a moment to look down at your watch mm. but yeah I, I i thought elvis was a masterpiece and it was one of the ones that's like you know received a bit of backlash that people think it's you know one of those things that it comes out and goes oh it's amazing and then there's a bit of discourse that goes oh it's not that amazing and i'm like nah i think elvis was fucking incredible mm. yeah i agree uh but yeah this is I think, yeah, what was it that every, since 1981, every Best Editing winner has been nominated for Best Picture, and mm. about two-thirds of the winners have gone on to win Best Picture, so it's it's one of the best indicators of what will win. And I remember mm. I sort of saying that if Banshees were to win that on the night, it's all over for everything, <laughs> everywhere. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, Ruth. So it didn't. So it was actually quite important that that yeah. everything everywhere won. <laughs> yeah. So best costume design went to Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Ruthie Carter's costume design. This, this is this is like it was such a non-controversial Oscars that this is maybe the biggest upset for me because oh, really? people hated the costuming and this. And when they say they? costuming, are they talking about like the weird mech suits that everyone puts on at the end? Well, I would say they're probably more CGI. Visual effects, yeah because mm, people hated them right yeah but i, I guess the other stuff is all right but yeah uh, I mean, wait, Ruthie, Ca- so uh, i was up against babylon elvis everything everywhere and mrs harris goes to paris i personally would have given it to mrs harris goes to paris not only is the costume design and that incredible but it serves the story so well but I'll, I'll take i'll take your word for it but i'll do more richard i will officially place my support in the camp of it should have gone to mrs harris <laughs> to paris without uh, seeing it so but one thing, so when I was in Seattle at the uh, MoPop, the, the Museum of Pop Culture, they had a Ruth E. Carter, uh, like, display. And so they had a bunch of costumes from films she's done the costume design for. And, yeah, so she did, like, uh, Malcolm X, Armistad. She did um, Coming to America. I remember they had, uh, like, uh costumes from that but yeah she won an oscar for the first black panther and so won one again for this making her the first woman of color in history to have two academy awards in any category and it's like you're stung with both the how good and how bad is that right like mm. that this is the first time but well done but also how often does a film and its sequel win yeah the same award you know there's a stat in there somewhere yeah yeah they're like yeah i mean just like she just copied her own homework <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well in a way it's an extension of the first film's mm. oscar for costume yeah yeah you know? so makeup and hairstyling uh nominees were elvis black panther wakanda forever the batman all quiet on the western front and the winner was the whale which they said in the like mm. in the when they announced the award and they say a few statistics about it they said something that was like the first fully digital uh, makeup or something like that and i think that his like fat suit was real because he's he's talked a lot about having that on but maybe there was nothing on his face and that was all done digitally but he was wearing the his face the, the does suit. look the fakest yeah for yeah, yeah academy award winning for makeup film his face did look the fake the fakest uh, i would have given this to the batman i think colin farrell and the batman the makeup on him <laughs> I, I was gonna say oh yeah robert robert pattinson had that black makeup around his eyes that like <laughs> must have taken it hours was awesome it was fucking cool. yeah robert pattinson no. being like yeah spent like eight hours in the makeup chair every morning mm. <laughs> I guess the, the most. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70 percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
it's an interesting thing about the whale winning both for this and best actor is like it's clear i guess that the controversies around this film just didn't matter to mm. most academy voters well i guess the, uh, there's not many fat people in the academy you don't reckon well if they've got to be on screen all the time not most all of them, them, have to them be yeah, on screen. most of them don't in fact yeah probably a lot of fat cats and then in the mm. 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 which explains black panther's award as well because the panther is, is a cat weird it didn't win uh makeup and hairstyling and, and yeah what well, okay, well, cats, the cats fa- famously the, hate whales <laughs> yeah the, the fat cats got together and they're like okay which one do we want to give to the fat and which one do we want to mm. give to the cat Ah, uh, right. And meanwhile, Catwoman and the Batman is like, I'm right here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was like, yeah, interesting one. I mean, that that feels like it's, oh, yeah, of course this one, you know, like, oh, it was really bucketing it's, down out there. Really? Mm, good thing I just took my wash bu- again. It was bucketing out down earlier today. So I know the feeling. Um, I guess like the, in a way, a lot of the stuff that won is fits the narrative of the award season and the like position in which these films have dominated com- conversations throughout the year like in a whale in a way in a way the whale in a whale the whale is destined to win hair and makeup because that's what people were talking about to do with mm. it Best cinematography nominees were tar empire of light elvis bardo false chronicle of a handful of truths but the winner was all quiet on the western front Interesting, yeah, there's like two films here, Empire of Light and Bardo, that mm. the the conversation around them are, film's not very good, looks nice though. I mean, it's like Roger Deakins shot Empire of Light, but film's not very yeah, good. Yeah. I haven't seen Bardo, can, but apparently it looks beautiful. I can understand because it feels like it's been a weak year for cinematography because the cinematography and all the Best Picture nominees is, uh, is like largely unnotable outside of what Tar and uh, mm. All Quiet which one i think out of those nominees i think all quiet deserved it i think it's a beautiful looking film i'm, I'm really glad it won that yeah it's although i think i think the batman should have been nominated yeah roger um, deakins uh yeah. came out and said that he thought the the batman was the best cinematography of the year and that it was uh just what's the word you know elitism mm, yeah yeah i think so but also it also feels like cinematography usually feels a lot more stacked than it did this year anyway so yeah what's what's that say about what we're willing to shoot i guess mm. just give after sun a nomination then i reckon that's that's going to be my response for any time it feels like a category was lacking and mm. right and uh nominations <laughs> uh, best production design the fablemans elvis babylon avatar the way of water but the winner was All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, I've heard that name a few times, haven't we? Did that win production design? Hmm. That's interesting. I probably wouldn't have given it production design. What would you have given it to out of those? Oh, I loved After Sun. After Sun. I loved hearing that score every time it won an award. What were the other nominees, sorry? Avatar, Babylon, Elvis, The Fablemans. I would have given this to Elvis, probably. Yeah, I would have given it to Elvis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, best sound when is Baz Luhrmann gonna get an Oscar for the thing he's famously good at mm. the thing that he has more of a hit rate than the films he makes themselves yeah you know? I believe uh, he he wasn't obviously nominated for production design but Catherine Martin is who was nominated for it is his wife yeah well there you go yeah. they're obviously a, a force to be reckoned with though apparently you don't have to reckon that hard uh, <laughs> to, uh, to, to, uh, to steal it out from mm. their hands i was very happy to see babylon lose out its awards though because mm. that movie was shit and um, i jimmy Kimmel made a got booze for a joke where he mm. said you know the difference one of the differences between movie and tv is that TV shows can't lose a hundred million dollars, and he's like, "Is Babylon here?" You guys know what I'm talking about. Hmm. I saw Babylon two days ago, two or three days ago. I thought it was great, Richard, and mm. I messaged you the next day, and I was like, "What didn't you like about it?" And you were like, "I don't want to talk about it." Mm. So interesting that you're throwing punches on the podcast, Richard, of yeah. out of the two of us about Babylon. I thought I thought it was cool, but not enough to like want to defend it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess similar, that, similar that, feelings like, to Elvis. I think though, I did. I preferred Elvis. 
Interesting, yeah. I am. I mean, I, I, I didn't like Babylon, but I guess like it's been so long since I've seen it that it's like I don't hate it vehemently enough to mm. undefend it. But I, and I don't love it vehemently enough to defend it. Yeah, but I mean, and, and also just that, like when it came out and when when reviews started to come out, I was like looking at every review to be like am i the only person that didn't like this then it came out no more people didn't like it and then it became Mm. and just like every fucking year i guess i i get so sick of there's like there becomes a film that's like you are either with us or against the film for you this year where all your workmates would come up to you oh no 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 not that because you say that every year yeah it's been joker it's been greatest showman greatest showman (laughs) so babylon was not that okay this year although this year the one that 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 was like that that i probably we're talking about is that everyone from my work comes up and asks me Mm. about and they know you're the film guy yeah i would say this year even though i did like the film it was probably the menu yeah right not yeah. as not as high caliber as as previous years mm, but the, but the movie that everyone goes oh i watched a really good film that's like not a blockbuster and i'd love to talk to you about it i do you reckon was did did not a lot of people come and talk to you about everything everywhere all at once that no i no, like no it, it, yeah see that was interesting the conversation everything everywhere all at once i talked to so many people about and but like so that one became a oh Richard I finally checked out that movie you recommended. Do you know what it was? It would have been Elvis. Surely Elvis was the movie this year. Nah, not many people saw Elvis. That feels like the yeah the, it does this year's analog to Bohemian Rhapsody and yeah no, and it greatest does. showman. I I I do think that post COVID general audiences don't go to the movies much anymore and that like this whole thing of and when they do they talk all the way through it yeah. so 65 I mean, last night sat across from an old couple who were whispering the entire time <laughs> i mean maybe actually the film was top gun even that like because mm. there's there's been all this talk about top gun is the film that got people back into cinemas and for like you and i it was like well, I never left cinemas, and, and unless I was government ordered not to go to a cinema, I was mm. quite happy to go to one. And now, yeah, you get a lot of people that, especially because of uh, because of COVID, that stream uh, theatrical windows have gotten much shorter, and films are going to streaming a lot earlier. That people will just wait for it to go on streaming, and there's less of a rush to see, it. and then so it changes the water cooler talk of a film sort of thing. Mm. And mm. yeah, I mean, the menu is a classic example that like when I came back from, from uh, Christmas holidays, everyone was asking me about that film and Glass Onion, but it was like no one saw it in the cinema, you know, mm. that that film went yeah. to Disney Plus quite quickly and, and everyone saw it. But yeah, so, but it's just interesting that, yeah, interacting with the normies at my work that it is like, yeah, Top Gun actually did, I think, bring a lot of people back into the mm. cinema. And Elvis is like, looks like it'll be the normie film but it's in the clothes of the weirdest film you'll see this year yeah and also like a lot of people (laughs) most people that i talk to about elvis are oh i actually i need to see that i never got around to it and you're like you won't like it yeah yeah. (laughs) um so what one there was just we do we just do best sound Okay. Best best sound was Top, Top Gun, Gun Maverick, uh, which beat out All Quiet, Avatar, The Batman, and Elvis. Should have gone to Nope. Mm. Sorry, wasn't <laughs> nominated. But well, mm-hmm. so best original song. I think there'll be a lot of happy people tonight. This went to Natu Natu from RRR. All oh, right, yeah. Uh, Another cultural conversation I haven't opened the door to. Yeah. Myself. <laughs> this is, yeah. I mean, I want to see RRR really bad, but I. It's such a long, uh, it's such a long film. It's such a, um, a lot of effort to go into to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Beat out, uh, Diane Warren, who is nominated fucking every year. She's been nominated for 14 competitive Academy awards without a win. She received an honorary one, um, just at the ceremony and they did it in november i would rather never win an oscar than win an honorary oscar (laughs) yeah yeah it is i I mean some of the honorary oscars are quite good where it's like ah you don't really contribute to like oscary films but here's a recognition of your work and i mean like even feige's biting his nails then yeah (laughs) i yeah i mean he's he's kind of a good example i mean 
uh, I would say it's only a matter of time before Andy Serkis get what gets one, and I, I I think it's insane that he hasn't already. That just for his contribution to this art form that has brought us many great characters of of yeah. mocap, that it's like. I mean, the, the, the whole mocap discussion is, is an argument that pops up every few years, but yeah, I'm surprised there hasn't been an honorary Oscar for Andy Serkis. I mean, I guess his is like a little bit more, he would probably still feel insulted by that, but something, yeah, like Diane Warren, where it's like, ah, you keep at it, here you go. Like, <laughs> but yeah the, yeah, the way that the, I was reading something, I can't remember the details of it though, but it was like essentially about how the original song is like you're very much like a club and it's like that's why diane warren is always nominated <laughs> but yeah she had a song from tell it like a woman called applause hold my hand from top gun maverick by lady gaga lift me up by rihanna from black panther and this is a life by um like stephanie shu and david byrne from everything everywhere is that david byrne yeah from that's his name right from from talking Heads. yeah 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 that's him Oh, I did not realize it was him. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they they were all performed during the ceremony, and I, I'm Mm Kiravani who did who did the music for Natsu Nato, and then Chandra Bose who directed RRR wrote the lyrics for it, and Kiravani Mm Kiravani sung in his acceptance speech. That was a fun moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's <was> crazy. <laughs> yeah, he sung like a carpenter's parody about winning an oscar it was, it was fun <laughs> on top of the world mm. so best original score and nominees were fablemans everything everywhere banshees babylon and all quiet i think that banshees everything everywhere and the fablemans all complement their film but don't really stand out but babylon and all quiet are the ones from what i understand that elevate the film and you and it's it's a talking point about the film going yeah oh it's yes between the, those two for me definitely i'm glad babylon lost i'm a fan of justin Hurwitz, but i'm i'm glad babylon went empty-handed but the babylon score was so good though come on you can say that i don't have to <laughs> you're right uh, and i won't either because the film i was banking on uh won for best score yeah. for its three note ominous <laughs> trance bass <laughs> <laughs> so the elephant whisperers took out um stock short documentary which is a netflix release mm. and navalny about Lexi Navalny. Beat Fire of Love, the one documentary I'd seen. Mm. Oh, Fire of Love was so good. Fuck. It was, yeah. But I think Navalny is a more of the moment kind of film. But also I... Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> this random story about volcanoes is, is, is going to mm. stand up against this one about a political prisoner under Vladimir Putin. <laughs> I, the, the two, I, I'm surprised Moon Age Daydream wasn't nominated for this. Which was? Do you reckon? Ah, oh, no, that wouldn't apply. I was going to say, was there not enough original footage in it? But the same would go for Fire of Love then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, documentaries don't have to have any original footage in them. Documentaries but, can just be a black screen. <laughs> but yeah, it's. I, but I also think that that's like, what is it a documentary or is it like a concert film kind of thing? It's, but it was very good and, I'm, and it seemed to get a lot of love in the right circles mm. and I'm just surprised it didn't. The other one that I would have liked to see get a nomination was The Princess, which was about Princess Diana, which a subject oh, yeah. I have little to no interest in, but uh, that documentary blew me away and made me somewhat interested in the subject. So mm. would have liked mm. to see that. Mm. And also I had a very nice chat with the director. He was a lovely guy, so... Would have liked You've to see him, see him see him sold out. <sighs> yeah. See, see, both both you and I rub shoulders with celebrities these days for our jobs, but I'm always one person behind the person that's mm. rubbed shoulders with them, so I don't have to form any kind of loyalty or allegiance. Mm. To well, them. I, yeah, I I have interacted with directly one of the winners from tonight, mm. Jamie Lee Curtis, and I've. And I've shared a Google Doc with the winners of Best Director. <laughs> Did you write little messages to them in it? We weren't on it at the same time. <laughs> that would have been cool, though, me being a little anonymous wombat yeah. up in the corner of their screen. Yeah. Yeah, that would be pretty pretty dope. Uh, where are we up to now? Best International Feature Film. This went to... All quiet on the Western Front, obviously. Yay! Yeah. I mean, it's not really fair. <laughs> it's not a, it's, yeah, 
yeah, it's yeah, it feels like a complicated conversation that mm. I'm not sure quite how well to to tackle. Yeah, uh, best animated feature film. This was this was one of the big upsets of the night. So it nominees. I think maybe for you, Turning Red, <laughs> The Sea Beast, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, which unfortunately lost to Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Have you seen Pinocchio? No, I don't think I need to to know that Puss in because Boots is better. I no, I like Puss in Boots more than Guillermo yeah. del Toro's Pinocchio, but Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, the the best thing about it is the animation, right? And I think I think it's in a similar way we're talking before about things winning to change the course of the future of film. Mm. I think Pinocchio winning is going to do more for that than mm. Puss in Boots winning. It was always it was always gonna be Yeah, I but animated feature film is such a chaotic fucking category <laughs> that it's like there was an off chance that it was going to be the film that had that was the mm. most popular. Mm. You know, Imagine because, if they did most most crowd cheer worthy moment yeah. uh, this year and it was just like Puss of Boots Puss of Boots' panic death. attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the stu- the two screenplay awards went to for original everything everywhere all at once for adapted woman talking sarah polly uh good ones yeah I, I think i picked woman talking and i think that was the academy's like i think i did too the academy going ah there you go you can have one yeah and even sarah polly at her speech was like thank you for you know and acknowledging a movie called woman talking yeah which again is like well you're probably not gonna get nominated again if that's yeah, the, how do you, you know? fucking <laughs> <laughs> i i think that's a deserved win what were the other noms quickly for all quiet on the western front glass onion living and top gun no i mean thought. i like i like glass onion more but i never expected it to win yeah this, the award mm. And the original screenplay, yeah, everything everywhere beat up Banshee's Fablemans, Tar and Triangle. What do you think of this? Because I don't necessarily this is maybe the one Everything Everywhere award that I maybe didn't want it to get. Mm. Maybe. I think maybe Banshees deserved it more than Yeah, I mean well, maybe, well Banshees maybe, is pretty much like well, it, I'm simplifying, but it's like Banshees is just a good script, you know? Yeah. That it's like you could give anyone the banshees of an Asheran and they would probably make a good film out of it hmm. whereas like everything everywhere is me. is so much oh well actually maybe 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 not then um but like everything everywhere is like there's so much at play about why that film's good do you reckon that makes it a good script if only the people who wrote it can direct it? well that's what i'm saying is that like I, i'm saying yeah maybe you know banshees is the more deserving winner but at the same time that it's like well you know, if it's the best film. It's the best I, at some point in the night, it was just like, give everything mm. to everything, everywhere. How did once. you do that? By accident. Uh, I think I skipped over the shorts. Well, they're not on this <laughs> list. <laughs> well, we don't probably don't, I didn't think I'd seen any of them. So I don't know if I have anything to say about the shorts. Yeah. Yeah, I I, an, an Irish goodbye. The boy, the mole, the po- the fox, and the horse. I'm so that yeah, an ostrich told me the world is fake, and I think I believe it. Is like Lachlan Pendragon, who's a Australian student animator, and just like mm. fucking made this thing as a research project. That's cool. I should check them out. Yeah. One of these years, I'm gonna. Yeah, so, so everything quite often they do. Um, at like a at smaller cinemas they'll do oh we're playing all the animated shorts or something and so yeah we could have go along to one of those so yeah we're now up to the awards people care about so you've got supporting actor supporting actress but we went to kihui kwan and jamie lee curtis for everything everywhere all at once and you know what good on them kihui kwan it's like if he didn't win there there would be so much uproar and so much like mm. bad faith that I think they he was always gonna win. And he deserved it and I think it's a cool comeback story and That's the beautiful. Oscars love 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 their stories, mm. you know. Um, who who was in contention for these awards? So supporting actor you had Brendan Gleason and Barry Keoghan for Banshees, mm. Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway and Judd Hirsch for the Fablemans. I I'm so I, I yeah, I think Kihui Kwan's definitely the best. Well, also because he's the one that's like 
he's the lead actor of that film. Hmm. It's a supporting right. character, but he's the lead actor, like as yeah, yeah, for right. the, as far as the male characters go. And I mean, you could you could maybe have put him in best actor. I mean, right. not necessarily saying he would have won over ben, Brenda Fraser, but. The fact that he was in a less stacked category, I think, has allowed him to sort of steamroll award season. But he could have been a best actor, and then like James Hong could have been a supporting actor. Yeah, I think so. I think that would be cool. Yeah, and then they um, could have won all four. That would have been insane. Would he have? I don't think he'd have beaten Brendan Fraser straight up. I don't think he. Would yeah, have. yeah. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Who did she win against? Angela Bassett, who did not do the thing. Hong Chow as uh, Ariana DeBose would say. Kerry Condon and Stephanie Shaw. Yeah, I guess... Um, did you, did, did you know was... what um, Jamie Lee Curtis's character's name is from uh, from Everything Everywhere? Deirdre? Yeah, <laughs> Deirdre Babedra. <laughs> I, I, I've, I picked Kerry Condon, but to be honest, I didn't really have an inkling for this one. Mm. So I was quite surprised, but also I don't know who I would have given it to. I, I picked Jamie Lee. Hmm. yeah i think it was like one of those things that like if you had asked me i would have said angela bassett if you'd asked me to put money on it i would have put it on jamie lee mm-hmm. uh, yeah it was like, like i i was i had, did have a look at the odds of of these things and it was like yeah, most of these were paying out so like kiha kwan was paying out like a dollar and two cents for every dollar bet so it was like you know a sure thing then michelle Yeoh was like maybe 1.2 1.3 brenda fraser was around the same but then jamie lee curtis and angela bassett were both like i think angela bassett was 2.4 and jamie lee curtis was 2.45 so she was technically in the second most likely but right. that one was a lot more like this could go either way the other three were like yeah it'll probably be this one hmm. nice nice yeah the what else we got best actor and actress went to brenda fraser for the whale beating out austin butler colin farrell paul meskel and bill nye god paul meskel man he's so gonna have other chances good in that movie. yeah that's mm, true he's all right Hope- hopefully he'll get scooped up for a role in the batman part two and the, yeah. the the marvel marvelification of uh paul meskel mm. i mean the batman place. part two will be a dc film presumably yeah, that's true. But I mean, meet Marvel in, in the same way, like... As in, oh, you like, know. you'll marvel at his performance. Yes. No, I mean, <laughs> um, like, how how every every soda is a Coke in, in Atlanta. Right. Okay. <laughs> every yeah. blockbuster is a, is a Marvel. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Michelle Yeoh beat out Anna de Armas, Kate Blanchett, Andrea Riseborough, and Michelle Williams. So her biggest competition would have been Kate Blanchett, right? Yeah, that was... Yeah, it was a toss-up between the two. I think probably always going to go to Michelle, but there was that outside chance that Kate could get it. Right at the start of the award season. Kate could get it. Yeah, she could. So at the start, another person I've I've interacted with directly, but at the start of- And another person I've interacted with indirectly. indirectly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, At the start of award season, she sort of said like, yeah, we don't give a shit about awards. Like, uh, yeah, I, people, I don't give a fuck about awards. And it was like, well, okay, then you don't get one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So what's that leave? It's just best... Director best and best director. picture. So we are now down to our final two awards. Best director went to Dan the Daniels. Or Daniels, Daniel Kwan. Dan the Daniels, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Shine It for Everything Everywhere. Beating out Martin McDonough. For Banshees, Steven Spielberg for Fablemans, Todd Field for Tar, and Ruben Orsland for Triangle of Sadness. And you know what? For all my complicated feelings toward everything, everywhere, towards... Uh, I think directing is the one thing I can stand by and be like... It it's is- got it's got the clearest vision. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, mm. I'm, I'm glad they won. And they, they seem like pretty cool guys. And I feel mm. like one day I might meet them. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to be able to say that I supported their, mm. their win. If we meet them together, I'll be like, actually, AJ didn't even like everything it's everywhere. It's funny thing, AJ actually did 
something and I'll be like, shut up, Richard. <laughs> we meet Guillermo del Toro and you're like, Richard thinks Puss in Boots should have won. <laughs> and I think there's issues of consent in Shape of Water that bug me to this day. Yeah. I was, AJ, no, no. <laughs> and then, yeah, of course, everything everywhere all at once took out the top award of the night. Which by this point, it was like, it, if would it, doesn't be, win. it would have been shocking if it didn't. It, like, if it hadn't won, I was thinking about this, that if it hadn't won, I bet they would have had to take another look at how they do their voting. Right, yeah. That it's like, this This is clearly the film that should have won. Narratively, this is what should have won. And if our voting system allowed Banshees or the Fablemans or even Top Gun to take out Best Picture and n- nary another award, then it's yeah. like... Yeah, this is, we need to take a look at this. But yeah, this is one of the examples of the system working or just a film just being that good. Everything Everywhere All at Once is the most awarded film in the history of cinema. There you go. Not and like, not at the Oscars. Um, no, I'm no. Just I mean, a lot, I, I saw a tweet yeah. that was like, a lot of awards were invented since the, and over the course of the history of cinema. IGN did a, so it was IGN that announced this and they did a a breakdown of it that it's like, because you go on the Wikipedia page and it tells you, you know, it's won this many awards from and received this many nominations. And it's like, you look at everything everywhere all at once. In fact, I'm, just, I'm actually just going to pull it up. And the whole film. Yeah. So it says it's had 264 wins from 404 nominations. And then they're like, okay, well, you know, it, it, that's including it won like IGN uh, film of the year or whatever and it's like okay well let's get rid of all the ones that we that you would kind of consider like not legitimate awards and then you have that and then it's like oh well because lord of the rings return of the king with 101 nominations was the the current record holder and it's like well okay there's been a lot of new things in the last 20 years and they go okay well let's just look at things at organizations that gave a nomination to return of the king now let's look at the uh, did they give a nomination to everything everywhere and it's like even only using the ones that return of the king was received a nomination at everything everywhere has over 50 more wins um and when i i think that the sorry i think that the, the if you're looking for a reason for that it's that you know every uh lord of the rings would have swept technical awards just like i mean the, the the production the scale the directing the picture it's like it would have won all of those everything has that plus three actors. to four actors that are yeah, in yeah. the conversation and everything and and speaking of those actors you know when it won best picture all these familiar faces that i've been seeing over the past 18 months you know to do with this film they all flocked to the stage only for some guy i've never seen to do the majority of the talking uh, which is such a funny quirk of of best picture that like it goes to the producer yeah it goes to the producer and the producer's often behind the scenes and so like usually you know you're seeing for every other award you're seeing this familiar face do it and now it's like i want to hear the daniels talk (laughs) yeah yeah they got they got their time to talk that's true that's true well, that is that it? Is that all we needed to talk about? I think I think everyone seems pretty pretty chuffed with. The I results, think this I'm is sure. probably the best. I mean, it's it's easy to be like this is the best set of results we've seen in years or in, ever, but it's like ah, the the year Parasite one was pretty good results. That's true. <laughs> so yeah. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. Um, I hope you enjoyed our thoughts on the thoughts of the Academy, essentially. The collected thoughts on the Academy. And we'd love to know your thoughts on our thoughts. And you can tell us them, your thoughts on our thoughts, by jumping in our Discord server, which there will be a link to in the show notes. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ColdPopShow, or you can email us at ColdPopShowMedia at gmail.com. Or you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ColdPopShow where you get to go do all sorts of things like tell us which movies to watch and you also get to um, contribute to the episode itself as well as uh, after these, this music finishes, Richard, mm. we're going to do something called a post credit scene which is also involving the Patreon. So let's hop to that. Yeah, and so um, I will say that the, the Cult Elders episode, the next Cult Elders episode that comes out, you'll have an opportunity to... We'll be talking yeah. about the Oscars on that episode as well, not just the film yeah, franchise exactly. Fortnite's episodes. Exactly. Woo! Woo, yeah. Congrats to 
the film. Yeah, I thought you were about to read out every winner on the Wikipedia table for it. Welcome along to the post-credit scene. This is a segment at the end of each episode where if you donate $5 or more over at patreon.com slash pops, you get to give us something to talk about and this is the post-credit scene. And today we're joined by not only Richard, but also Spyro. That's right. Yes! I, you know how I remember that one, Spyro? Why? Because of the the white face that, that he's got that goes down onto his chest is like the dragon plates that spyro has what i was uh thinking that you would get it from and this is why we did it is that he has a purple collar oh that's also very and crash i guess crash bandicoot also has a yeah yeah. another color for his his beak area but yeah uh and yeah crash has an orange color so Uh, it's that simple everyone richard who is the post credit scene from this week and what is it so today's one comes to us from Christopher Brown, who says, what fictional film product would you most like to see in the real world? Spyro? Spy? Mm. Yeah, he, he wants to see some cat treats or something. Well, those, are fic- those aren't fictional. Oh my God, those Chris, are real. Spyro, we can go get some. <laughs> uh, I feel like my aunt, and this may have been a post-credits scene request before, but I feel like... Um, uh a lot of foods i'd be interested to taste i think actually here's my answer my answer is the um portable flux capacitor in back to the future the animated series i want (laughs) that it's a little thing you hold and if you go 88 miles per hour it'll work and we've talked about this before on both the podcast we did in the video i made about this series but probably the most compelling moment of that whole animated series is Mm. when one of the characters has to go off niagara falls in a barrel trusting that they will hit uh, uh, 88 (laughs) miles per hour with the portable flux capacitor before they hit the rocks below so you know so they 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 either time travel or they die but then when they do time travel (laughs) yeah then when they do time travel they just fall into another pond yeah but they're still going at the same speed Hmm. anyway what's your answer uh my answer there's a few i mean the one that i've said this is that fucking butt plug from everything (laughs) Uh, I guess my first thought is the Oasis from Ready Player One, but I know that I would become addicted to it. And other ones, uh, the cheeseburger from the menu. I think that's not, I don't think that's fictional either. What, what do you want that specific I want that. cheeseburger? No, uh, yeah, there were a, any, any sort of form of time machine or actually especially a time stopping device. Mm, from actually, do, do you know the, the, the thing that I... Get holes in my shorts, this boy. Is that what that movie's called? Clock Stoppers? I think so, yeah. The, 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 it's, I mean, I guess it technically does appear in some films, but the, the thing I fantasize the most about having is a yeah. hyperbolic time chain chamber from Dragon Ball Z. Okay. But that, yeah, uh, you could only use that twice, so that's, um, it would no, have to, I would I have to be able to change the rules go. of it. I reckon you should go with the time machine from the 2002 sci-fi adventure film Clock Stoppers, mm. uh, <laughs> directed by Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> what? Twenty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I did not know it was Jonathan Frakes till I read the word Frakes. <laughs> You're like Jonathan. Well, this could be anybody. Frakes. This could be anyone. 